It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight we talk about Luc Besson's quintessential cult science fiction comedy classic, The Fifth Element. Thanks for the request, Ripley 100. You, no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day... You are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. All your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor, real wrath of God type stuff. There's fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, a dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. To the podcast, where your host, I'm editor Brian Elkins, with me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? Man, it's good to see you back. You've been away for three episodes. I'm doing good. It's so nice to have you guys back in my ears mm. and on my eyes. Cheers, everybody. I feel like we need to have a moment of silence now. No, 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 no. This is a podcast. No oh, okay, silence. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we also have with us director of photography, Mike Griggs. If I haven't seen the first four elements, does the fifth element make sense? Well, uh, we all grew up with Captain Planet, so don't worry. It was oh. ingrained into your brain. Mm. That's what was, that was what was missing. There were four other movies. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, and here we are talking the 1997 science fiction. Uh, what was it called? Classic masterpiece extraordinaire, something like that. The Fifth Element. What, what did you say, there, yes. Jared? You didn't say any of those things, but you did great, Brian. Quintessential science fiction. Quintessential. Sci-fi comedy classic, The Fifth Element. The wishes it could be Star Wars, and then sort of kind of became Bullshit. Bullshit. It wishes it could be Doctor Who. Oh, you fucking right. Yep, yep. There's some Doctor Who shit in the middle at the, at the beginning of this. That is, that is I mean, accurate. the very beginning, but that that would be it, man. This does not have Doctor Who's no. tone or. Oh, I'm talking about the first time when you see like uh, the the space battle shit going on. I was like, this feels like an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Were you talking about the quality of the CGI? Yes, and and the way that the way it was shot. <laughs> All right. To be fair, this was 1997. Put this in perspective. The other special effects movies this year were like uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Dose. Okay. So, you know, come on. The Fifth Element is not that bad. Also, the same year as Titanic. I think it, I think it holds up really, really well. And it also has a, a, a fucking uh, cruise liner that goes down. So, it's the same thing as Titanic, <laughs> but Titanic in space. Not Titanic. 
Quite the same level I of love story. I support that. Yes. I never let you go, Jack. <laughs> check, 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 check. You look cool. You in the matches, Jack? Check my man, Jack, Jack, Jack. That's the fucking crossover I want to see. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for us. this. No, I love all of this. This sounds fantastic. Where's that movie been my whole life? Yeah, oh. come on, guys. And it's funny that, that because uh, I, I was listening to some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, and the director kept saying Ruby Rose instead of Ruby Rod, and I'm not making that up. Interesting. Yeah. Could be his accent, but it did sound like he was saying Ruby Rose. Maybe he was trying to say Ruby Rhodes, like Ruby. It's, it's Rod. It's Ruby Rod. R-H-O-D, I think. Yeah, but if, I think somebody calls him Rode, don't they? Really? My, English accents, you know. That. There are a few like British-sounding yeah. people once they get to the, uh, the cruise liner. I'm Corbin Dallas. Put him, in, put him in the garage and let security know. Cool. I guess there's British people in space now. Well, this is this is a gar, gar, what, Garmon film. It's a French film. Yeah, but everyone has American accents, and New York is the um, the headquarters of whatever it is. Just, there are British people in New York. Just yeah, I mean, like it's like you know. Up. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, he's it, the it's first like a one melting we, pot of the of the universe. He's, he's the first alternate accent we have besides um, Zorg's quasi Southern. It's my favorite. <laughs> you can count. <laughs> Four shows. Oh, now you're a merchant. Somebody says a merchant. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, more, we're, he's like, we're not merchants, we're mercenaries. <laughs> yeah, but you can still count. Four. Look at my fingers. No, look, look, look over here. <laughs> All right, Brian, you have you have regaled us before. You are scowling. How much you hate the uh, the dog aliens? They do look a little stupid, don't they? <laughs> But I, I mean, think suppo- they're 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 supposed to be kind of stupid, right? Are they're- they? Are, are, is, is, come on, no, we, we can't we can't go back on that. I've I've heard that defense a million times. Like, oh, everything's supposed. Do you think they were really trying to make a movie that looked dumb as shit? I don't think they were trying to. I thought they, I think they thought this stuff looked cool. Like, there's no well, way you put that like bandage dressing on Mila Jolovich and you say like, oh, I'm trying to make everything look dumb. Uh, I don't buy that. That was worth thermal bandages, sir. The, okay. Yeah, they- no, Whatever. they got the inspiration from that, from like when you go to the hospital and they put the gowns on you that are completely open backed. So they kind of cover you, but it's still, you're still exposed enough so that the doctors can get in there and do whatever they want without like, you know, asking for permission or stuff. And so that's where they got the idea for those bandages. Uh, I think Louis, Luke Besson was sitting on the toilet playing <laughs> with toilet paper going, I have an idea. Let's, I mean, let's cover the important <laughs> bits. And then from there, we can just, we're fine. We don't have to cover anything. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think they thought this stuff was good. I. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to be uh, a little bit futuristic, but also campy, right? Kind of like how the the saviors of the of the earth are giant like machines that can barely walk. That apparently don't know that they <laughs> could set off doors that are going to close that can't be reopened somehow. Like that. That part didn't make sense to me. What do you well, mean? In the beginning, when the gun goes off and the door starts automatically closing for whatever bullshit reason. <laughs> the, he's like hurry up you can still make it and the guy's like it's fine if i die like why didn't he just like hand them the key and then step back and then be like open the door in two minutes when it closes like that well yeah yeah exactly oh guys come on look <laughs> see they were working with do you see that was a pyramid like it was made out of stone which is earth material yeah. they showed up on a an advanced flying spaceship made of some kind of alloy that we don't even comprehend how it's made of course right. these doors are gonna suck you know they probably just malfunctioned at the wrong time because they're made of stone didn't they say that the doors were closing like they only open however many every 300 years yeah well then why yeah. would you need a key to open it 
No. Just say. They only open every he wasn't saying the doors open. It's because every it fits years. right between those bricks. He was saying that in <laughs> 300 years, the window will open between the universes that will let the evil in. So oh, he was yeah, just yeah. reaffirming oh, that, oh. that every 5,000 years. Part. Mr. Shadow. Yeah. That's when Mr. Shadow comes back. Which is a giant planet that can also make telephone calls. Only when it sucks in every satellite in the galaxy. Not the solar no, system, no, the galaxy. He, he, no, he, he reverberates his outer like uh, liquidy shell and causes uh, waves, which he can use to manipulate radio waves. You're just making up some shit, man. That no bullshit. I watched this like... fucking movie. He's like, he's like, he's he's emitting radio waves. Maybe he wants to make a call. And if you see the whole thing is like vibrating out, like it's like waves. So he kind of like shakes yeah. himself to the the, cool. the outside of the planet. Make, is make, the can make cell phone calls. So it's it's that is how yeah. sound works. Uh-huh. And he likes to call and, and deliver molasses. Yeah, telekinesis. Uh, he was sweating blood because he was so stressed <laughs> by talking to evil. No, I think that that's more like ectoplasm. <laughs> like it's like the pure. Pure. That's what pure the director said. Evil, evil. What that it's ectoplasm? No, that it's actual pure evil. It's pure evil. It's pure Wait, evil. He was, like incarnate. He was excreting pure evil over the phone. Correct. You know how he? You know how he can send his radio waves through the through the air like that? He can send his pure evilness through. That, the, what? what? No, it's supposed what? to be like <laughs> what? If, if you're a evil person. Jared's just making up some shit. This is bullshit. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, uh, Luke Poisson has said that the black stuff coming out of uh, the captain in the beginning, his forehead, and Gary Oldman's uh, head later when he's talking. It happens to at Mr. the beginning. Shadow. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, the guy that's going blow up the uh, the planet the first time uh, the planet like forms. There is a uh, old crusty like white captain that's like, yes, Mr. President, let's. Blow yeah, this yeah, bitch up and ask questions later. He's got black ooze coming down out of his head. I right didn't before. see the black ooze, but I, I just thought he was just like overtaken. Yeah, he's like overtaken by he just he, he just stands there and lets the fucking thing like no, engulf him. No, it's supposed to be the evil coming out of this guy because this cr- monster is like Mr. Shadow is pure Mr. evil, Shadow. and he's sucking he's sucking all that evil essence out of you. He's still very people. polite. He likes to likes to make phone calls and wait on hold. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you busy right now? <laughs> Am I interrupting things? <laughs> yeah, don't, I, I don't think the alien designs are, are very well done. I don't even think the ones in the beginning are that cool. I think they're the best of the goofy ones. What, the big the big round guys who waddle? Yeah. yeah. I forgot what they were what, called, the, the Maya uh, Shians or some crap like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wrote Trandoshan, it Trandoshans, that's a Star Wars thing. I don't know what they're fucking called. I begin with an M. Ma- I wrote it the, down the and I Manda- don't anymore. Mandalorians oh, with... Mondo Mondo Chiwans. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the waddling aliens with uh, water uh, with uh, plague masks. <laughs> they have like weird plague masks. On. Whatever. They look like mechanical, like Donald Ducks that were overweight. Yeah. No, they, they look like fat droids from fucking Star Wars. Roger, Roger. You know, with the face. Oh yeah. They're like, we got the big arm. I, I could not unsee a duck. Yeah, just couldn't unsee a duck in the face. Just because they waddle. <laughs> Maybe. And um, so, does that mean that um, Lilu was wearing one of those suits when the crash happens later, when they they explode her ship, even though they're trying to save the no, stones? No, they, they which makes no sense. They show you Lilu when the in Luke Perry's stuff. They they she's like in a stone form. And then no, she's in that metal. Like, uh, is she in that metal? Yeah, she is uh, the statue. Yeah, they come out there and they, yeah, and they they show the hand of it, and then that's the same hand that they rebuild. Oh, later. is that from that? Yeah, it's the same okay, one. Well, I, I know, I know that the hand was in there because it has you could see the bone and all that. So I don't know if she was like 
the way I take it is like she's not actually human. She is that stone capsule, and we took her and made her human out of how we know how to so build. That, people. That's our doing is is because that's we, we how take I the, take that it. DNA. Okay, perfect. Interesting. So that wasn't like a sarcophagus looking thing. That was actually. I was thinking yeah. that maybe, or or she, or she was like had was already like. That's weird, though. If like, I don't know that, that that makes me kind of hate them. If like they they trapped a humanoid <laughs> creature in a metal box, that seems kind of weird. Well, they they, they would hibernate her so she could be yeah. around, you know. And they're just going to wake her up for one day every three thousand years. Five thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Well, she'll live long. Five thousand years. Whatever. If we're reconstructing her, we would build her the way we know how to build her, which would be in human form. I didn't get that she was like in Lilu form prior to this i think we put her in that form yeah that's the way i took it too interesting because even her bones look i don't know like even the bones coming out of the hand were weird they were very like dark and yeah because they had gone through an it felt like old yeah they well, didn't the other thing is like she's human supposed to be, bones she's supposed to be you know they all keep saying it she's supposed to be perfect and so again wouldn't we create her in what we think is the perfect form which apparently is like a you know just like god super stick thin redhead little girl like you know what i mean like like that that's not like a. I mean that checks <laughs> well, out Kristen, if you, uh... it, 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 that's it, what it's, i'm saying it's, i don't it's think more like a cheeto is... it's kind of yellow in the middle and like with orange kind of oh the my top. gosh so she has in the thing she has blonde roots and she has this bright orange hair because she's yeah. supposed to be like a flame and they were originally i don't know Ooh. if you guys know the story they're originally trying to decide if she should have blue hair because like the flames uh, is also can be blue mm-hmm. right and it's so hotter, yeah. uh they decided to go with orange though with the blonde part except she doesn't have blonde hair and so whoever the fuck was doing her hair just kept putting bleach on her roots and so her hair fell out halfway oh my through the God. movie and they had to no put way. a wig on her because oh, it a wig? yeah it becomes a wig because they just ruined her hair in this movie <laughs> all right i gotta get production stills Jeez. <laughs> no i mean i i knew that i could not pick out the wig versus real hair. I mean, although that's got to be her real hair. Maybe when it gets more twisty, it's more of a outside wig. Outside the city. When it gets more clean. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of like also at the beginning, uh, Cornelius uh, has got like bloody eyes, which I noticed in in the 4K. And then later on, his eyes are clean. So that, that was obviously later. He had some kind of weird eye infection. Oh, you're talking about where like, yeah, like Bruce Willis's like left eye is uh No, I'm talking about uh, Cornelius yeah, the, uh, fucking Bil- 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 Bilbo. Sir, yeah, Ian Holm. In the beginning, oh, his eyes were red. Me. Yeah, like like we, when when they're doing that cross cutting thing where they're explaining the exposition of, of like the you know he's talking to the president. His uh, left eye is like blood. It's like like he's had like a surgery or something. Huh? No, I didn't even notice that. I did notice Bruce Willis's when he was in the cab. But I just thought, what's going that... on? What's going on with his eyes there? His eyes red. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Interesting. <laughs> I like those shots in the cab. The cab are really cool. Like like with the with the with the sign hanging down after she falls through the ceiling. I, I love all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the cab there. stuff really plays. Actually, it really does. I really love the way they made New York. Even like when you open the window and you have that floating Chinese guy who comes over with all of his He's stuff. Fit. He's oh, yeah. <laughs> the way they built that world, I think, is just kind of incredible. Yeah, 
but that plays in with the cab and the way all of the cops are working also and the way the cabs are working and i just everything that they they did about this like what like normally when i watch uh sci-fi movies i feel like the future looks really awful and don't get me wrong this one still looks kind of awful but there's a lot of really cool stuff here that i was like oh, okay I could, I could look like that <laughs> and it's all a little bit ridiculous kind of like the, the police outfits with these weird helmets that kind of like cover yeah, their eyes they're giant have these giant <laughs> white circles the fucking, they're like iron yeah, you can like see him coming yeah. down the hall. Yeah. So the costumes were all done by Jean-Paul Gaultier, which is a very famous designer who you may or may not have heard of, but you should have heard of him if you follow any sort of fashion things, you should know who he is. And usually when you bring in a designer like that, they you do like a couple of costumes, but he actually designed every single costume in this, including all of the extras. Um he touched everything in this movie. Like I think it was like over a thousand. It was wow. um a thousand designs wow. on his, oh, at Holy least a thousand. I think I th- it was at least a thousand. Yes. Um, yeah. And so he did everything from the police to the McDonald's outfits to Lilo's bandages. Um, and he said that he was on board because apparently at the beginning, he said he was on board when it was supposed to be Julia Roberts and Prince. <laughs> so, oh. I don't know Wait, how, so that, how far play back Lilo, that or? went. No, Prince he was, was going to play Chris Tucker, Chris Bobby Tucker. Yeah. yes. And Julia Roberts, I'm assuming, was Lilu. I don't even, I couldn't even uh, imagine that. She was that. Corbin Dallas. Oh, my God. That would have been, I, I could see her doing that instead of oh, Lilu, actually. Okay, but did you guys see that, that, that uh, Mia wasn't supposed to be cast as Lilu? He didn't like her initial audition. Luke Desson did not like her initial audition. And so it was only like they met at a party like two years, a year or two later. And no, met in like, a hotel you know lobby. It was a hotel lobby. He was like, oh, hey, you looking and hot. he was like, you know what? I was wrong. Oh, yeah. We know how that was. <laughs> Why don't you go. come up to my hotel room and I'll uh, videotape an audition? Could trade you out for my other 20 year old wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. But did you? So when I was looking this up, because for everyone who doesn't know, yes, he had an affair with Mia. And Edley Lou on this while he was married to uh, how do you I don't know how to say he was married he was married he was married to, no, he, he was married he was to the married. diva he was married yes. to the diva and they had a kid Ooh. And he started his affair with Lilu during this. But okay, but this was the interesting thing. His wife, I looked her up because I didn't I had never heard of her. And apparently she says that the professional was based on their relationship because she was so young what when she first met him. So anyway, fun facts for all of you. <laughs> oh, that's that makes the professional a little bit worse. This came out in 1997 and I think she was born in 1976. She who? Wait, who? The diva or the Mila? diva? Oh, oh his wife. And, and Mila was one year older than her. At the time, yeah. Anyway, but back to the costumes. I loved all of them, uh, even if they weren't like fantastic, um, like the bandages and all of that. Like it's so weird, but at the same time, they have become so iconic, mm, yeah. and you get all of that because of such a fantastic and such a strong eye. And yes, they're a little campy, and yes, they're ridiculous. And I don't think you look at anything in this and you go, "Oh yeah, that looks," you know, like a great, you know hoodie and keep me warm like nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> nothing's know? practical i don't know yeah. i didn't love yeah, the, practical. Uh, the thank you the, the the hallway picture on it like i would <laughs> hey, oh, no, that's practical <laughs> honestly everything was so completely outlandish but it all worked and it all Give fit in the, the same world 
Give me I absolutely cash. loved it. And he also said, uh, Jean-Paul Gossier said that he went and used a lot of recycled products. So um, you can see that most obviously with Lilu's like weird orange suspender mm, yeah. thing. Um, they just took like stuff that was not clothing items and made it clothing items. And I was a little confused. Uh, well, I guess, I guess there is. He also said that he kept a lot of vintage elements because we do recycle fashion. And so when you look at like the airline costumes and the McDonald's costumes, there's a lot of vintage elements in there because it doesn't go away just because we're 300 years in the future. Which, by the way, I think the McDonald's costumes have been my favorite, like, <laughs> since I was a kid. In the future, they moved from, like, shoestring fries to really thick fries, apparently. They looked good. You gotta keep something thick up there. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of, like, drinking, you know at the beginning where, they, where the guy goes and he's gonna, uh, he's gonna, like, poison the guy who's reading the hieroglyphs? Have you guys the ever... Priest. The first the priest, priest, yeah. The first priest. Um... You ever been given a drink and, and, and go to take a sip and not No, drink that's it? such a movie trope. I've I've never seen anyone in real life actually do that. I feel like you, I've done you, that a lot though. Really? Lying. You're like you you would be like oh. Usually <laughs> Usually because I'm like, you know what, I'm really thirsty and I'll pick it up and I'll drink it, but then I'm actually like mid sentence and let me finish my sentence because I'm gonna forget if I take a drink and so Look, if you try to poison like, me, I'm happens. just gonna do it. I mean, you know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna forget halfway through or and then like, I'll throw you know it what? out. Like you're in the middle of the fucking Egyptian desert, like you're not gonna throw out a thing of water. You're gonna set it down and I'm like, I'll drink that in a minute and then you go get Well, no, you can't drink a toast with water. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I played would, rather yeah. well. I thought Aziz it all right. Like I, and I also like that. Uh, I like that they're showing a, a bounce and and how boring it is to hold a bounce card. I think that's really funny, and that was like a little film uh, <laughs> nod there. I love his little checklist. Aziz like number twelve. I just think it's hilarious that like. <laughs> This movie's such a time capsule of like, hey, you remember when Luke Perry was so big that he could be in like five minutes of a movie and he still gets the end? Not <laughs> even five. You know, yeah. He, he's like, he's like build and he's like, you know, in a scene. And Luke Perry. <gasps> and. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like Scream with Drew Barrymore. With Drew Barrymore. <laughs> uh, well, at least she had some lines. Luke Perry had lines in this. Not really. I mean, he had a couple. He runs out. He he runs out and he goes and gets the grappa. Oh, father, you're with them. Oh, Oh, yeah, that was so stupid. And he trips over the the patio furniture and all that. Come on. Look what you did. You killed him. You killed my scientist guy. No, he's he's just. (laughs) He's mostly just doodling. (laughs) He's unconscious. He's just passed out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Was he? I mean, he got like eye beamed by an alien. I don't know if that kills you or makes I, I you thought, unconscious. I think he just he didn't get I eye beamed. I thought he like he, passed. He literally he didn't get eye beamed. He he, he saw fainted. him. And, he got eye beamed. The alien behind him turned his eyes red, and the guy went <gasps> and passed out. Now you're did assuming you see any beams what? fly what? out of his head. You're, you're assuming you're assuming that he's still alive. Okay, so if you if have fucking, no idea, no <laughs> if idea. ET turns on his heart light, do people fall around? I mean, do you, you have to see like no the because no, but that doesn't happen in the movie, Jared. But if people did start falling down, I'd be like, God damn, murder that little fucking squatty little <laughs> <boy." laughs> Explains why all the now guys describing with are trying to get Super him. Eight. That is Super Eight. You're right. Oh yeah. Oh, it's okay. He he's not gonna come back and get those other aliens and murder us all. Let it go. <laughs> no, no, no. We only tortured him for fifty years. It's all right. 
I do like when the guy sees the alien for the first time and he goes, I, 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 are you German? <laughs> you know, because it was World War II. Or no, World War One. That's right, because it was... Uh, what was it? 1913. 1907? Yeah. Oh, was that early? Yeah. We, oh, well, I guess we haven't talked about it. Uh, what would you guys think of Chris Tucker? Uh, this is my favorite role that he's ever done. What? Yeah, I think he's absolutely brilliant in this. And actually, here's a fun fact for you. I was Lulu, for everyone who doesn't know, I was Lulu as for Halloween uh, a couple of years ago. And if I could not have gotten my hands on that costume, I was going to be Chris <laughs> You're going to be Ruby Rod? Which, which, which costume? The, with the, with the, um, with the, the leopard, the leopard uh, thing and the big, the big yeah, the, the wig that comes out. <laughs> yes, yes. That, I was going to do that. That was my backup costume. We call it unicorn. Uh, uh, it was definitely <laughs> a penis because he was going down on the uh, the airline lady. Well, it, uh, <laughs> have you seen how big my hair is? I think Chris Tucker in this is absolutely phenomenal, and not only does he wear the most outrageous things that he says, it, like as he's live streaming everything, which is now a thing, was not a thing at the time, but you know he's live streaming everything that he does. Um, but he has so much um, character mm-hmm. and just in his, just as he's as he's giving it, you know, he doesn't he doesn't fit the mold of like, you know, Bruce Willis is like the tough guy, the action, you know, the action guy. And everyone else is just like super boring military people. And here comes Chris Tucker <laughs> with like a personality. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so interesting. And then everyone everything starts happening. And he's just like screaming. And like you get that. Yeah. Like, I think that's a very normal response. Uh, just like at the end, though, when he gets like the the stone with with fire, and he's like, "Oh, but I quit smoking." Like, I don't. If I had known, I would never have done that. Like, he's so funny. He's he's just absolutely hilarious, and I don't feel like I don't guess I've never really seen Prince in like a comedic role like that. But I don't know that he could pull this off. I could not it imagine. A, it would have been a very different Chris character. Tucker and anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah it would have been way more subdued. And when we go. Ooh. You know, come on, come on, come on, my man, come on, come on, come on. You know, all that shit. Like, <laughs> he's just so completely comfortable in who he is, which I think a lot of people are in this movie, but he just really is. And still, everyone loves him. He's just still this ladies' man. He's a different kind of ladies' man, you know, than like Bruce Willis, who's just like this tough action guy who, like, you're just supposed to like, right? I don't know why, but like, and, and actually, Bruce Willis's character is like actually outdated at this point. I feel like everyone kind of holds up except for <laughs> Bruce Willis. He's a little, yeah. he's he's the only kind of the only one who's outdated. Um, I think it still <laughs> works, but yeah, no, I think Chris Tucker's character was ahead of its time. Chris Tucker was absolutely perfect in this, and I love every time, every second he's on screen. Bruce Willis is so outdated that he tries to wake up Lilu like fucking Stephen Beauty. Uh, and then fucking Ruby Rod so forty's like, I don't want one position, I want all positions. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I love that. I mean, I think that's one of the first times. Yeah, he does try. She's passed out, and he's like, I'm going to go kiss her. That makes sense because at the time it did make sense. And she's like one of the first people who like wait. You know, she's like, no, not without permission. Has a gun to his head, and he's that's like, oh, so you know awesome. what? You're right. My bad. That has not. That doesn't really happen, you know. Like that was the first time it. it, it we've really seen Lilu as a character. I saw a bunch of crit- critiques of Lilu because she doesn't. Uh, she's like a silent woman, and but I don't know. But bullshit. I know. <laughs> I know. Speaking a language that yeah, she's speaking. Woman, a language we <laughs> can understand. The language before uh, time. The, <laughs> probably true. Um, 
yeah, no, she says so much. I I thought all of it was really great. Big bada boom, big big bada boom. Oh, I understand big boom. <laughs> big big boom, big big bada boom. Yeah, this I think this was the first movie that I remember seeing Chris Tucker in when I was a kid. So maybe that's part of why I have some nostalgia for it. But like I, I he is a bright shining spot in this movie of bright shining spots. Honestly, if you took out his character and like the last half of the movie was just like Bruce Willis blowing people up, like I wouldn't care. I wouldn't like this movie. Yeah. No, it I, is I, I it is Chris Tucker's high pitched screams throughout the whole <laughs> thing that makes those things like feel like they matter. Otherwise it's just normal action movie tropes. Exactly. Wait, you're talking about I mean, that I mean, one action scene? There's several action scenes. So there's, there's, there's a there's couple a, action, action scenes, Brian. <laughs> there's one with him, uh, yeah, with Chris Tucker. It's that one that's in the opera house, and then he goes out to the balcony and shoots those other guys, and it's done. Yeah, no, this. this yeah, but it's kind of long. Nah, that. he has a negotiation yeah, yeah, one, where, where he goes two, in there and shoots three, that one guy. One. Okay, I that. guess that's an action scene. Look at that commentary too. Think. Brian, you know it's an action scene. Um, it's, there's not a lot of action in this movie. There's that, there's that and then there's that, the police but that, chase. I, that whole scene, though, where uh, Bruce Willis does go out and shoot the leader in the head, and the guy's like, where did he learn how to negotiate? And then it cuts to the president, and he goes, oh, I wonder. Like, the way everything just kind of cross-cuts, and there's so much... On all of this commentary happens because Chris Tucker is live-streaming everything. Like, I just think it's so brilliant, and that actually is kind of ahead of its time, because that didn't really exist back then, and now we do it all the time. Wait, 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 no, hold no, up. What no, are we no, talking no. about? The, what did there, there reporter, There live were reporters, like, in, like in, in war zones. I'm like, not talking about reporters. I'm talking about people who are He's live streaming kind of purely for entertainment. No, we're talking about like people who live stream on TikTok and Instagram. That's what he's doing. He's live tweeting. Yeah, live he's live yeah. tweeting, live streaming. They didn't, they didn't have that, video. No, 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 he's, he's, he's just doing show. a radio event. Like, the, yeah, it's a, like a live radio show. Yeah, of him walking around being like, here's what I see now. That's not, he's not a reporter. He's, they're clearly listening to him for his personality. He's like a socialite. Yeah. yeah. It's like Howard Stern going on location. Correct. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Come Does on. Does he do it live? He did it I, live like that? Uh, yeah, for like yeah. Howard years. Stern would go. All, all no, of no, 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 he had a radio show. He, no, no, no. I'm not talking about his radio show where he interviewed people in his studio for 20 years. I'm talking about did he go to like parties like that and, and walk around and just give commentary on what he was seeing for 20 years? He did not do that. No, he didn't. Do no, that. he didn't do that. No, for one, no one does that. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Ruby Rod does that. People do that now. Yes, they do. No, I'm saying no one did that. I'm just saying. It, it seems yeah, more like radio. That. It's in a contest. I don't know. It doesn't. It does not scream in any way, shape, or form. Like, I don't know. It's okay, Brian. We know you don't like this movie. Social. However, I, no, still, it's not that I don't. Still. I cannot believe how much you dislike this movie. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the disgust on your face. It hurts my feelings. Okay, and I actually want to go back because <laughs> I love that like, everybody gives my opinion. I'm, I'm really, not able to vocalize. <laughs> it myself. No, I'm, I'm just so here. upset with you. How can you say that, Brian? How? <laughs> All right, I'm pulling the plug. We're going on break. It has been 30 minutes. No, it has not. You're not done yet. <laughs> We're playing the trailer. We're out of here. We'll be back. back that was the trailer for luke Besson's the fifth element trash 
Total was, uh, trash. Trash trailer. Terrible trailer for radio. Yeah, yeah we're probably going to cut terrible that. Terrible trailer for this fucking movie. What does that tell you? It tells sci-fi. you that there's a lot of exciting shots. Yeah, it tells you sci-fi. That's kind of it. And it's pretty, kind of. Yeah, yeah but the music just... It's, it's, so the is, music that how, is, weird. is that how European trailers are? Do we just not, I, I, don't just, oh. I just don't get it. We it's watched European me. trailers? Is that what happened? No, this is a studio-backed movie. Oh, well, I saw like, like an US interview release. that came out a couple of years ago um, with um, with uh, Lilu, the the actress, um, and she is she basically says that it was not a success in America when it came out, and it has become a cult classic, and so now people like that. it. Mm. I thought it was just, this was big at the time because I, I it I was remember, it, yeah that's uh, what I thought it had a ninety million dollar budget and worldwide it made uh, two hundred and sixty three point nine million. Wow. So yeah, I thought it was a big. big movie. And this was on HBO. Like every time I came home from yeah. school, it was on Fuck, TV. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. how I watched yes. it. <laughs> like everyone I know has seen this movie because it was on TV all the time. And so when she said, when I heard her say that it wasn't like a big deal and like it in the States, I had no idea what she was talking about. It found its audience eventually. <laughs> it, it made 63.8. Did you see US. this in the theaters, Brian? I projected this, yeah. This is one of the first... Uh, I was learning how to work a projector. Ooh. In 97? Yeah. Well, yeah. This would have been summer of 97. How old are you? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> that blows my mind. What? No, I was like, I was in I was in 10th grade. I was like saving up for like a car. By projecting movies? How long were well, you doing that? I mean, he had to project a lot of movies. He clearly. started when he was eight. You were, you're getting, <laughs> then, uh... <laughs> you were what, like 19 when you finally got the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I what, why are we talking about this? <sighs> We're interested in your life, Brian. Well, uh, there you go. So okay. it's possible that you saw this shitty trailer in the actual theater. <laughs> I don't remember seeing the trailer, to be honest with you. I don't remember much about, because um, I mean, even the theater uh, worked at was, uh, we would get first run movies every now and again, but we would usually get movies like in their third or fourth release, uh, week of release. So I don't, I don't re- really remember this, much about this movie until it came out, and then mm. it like opened up at number one, and it was kind of like uh, I remember it being like the, the movie everybody talked about until the Jurassic Park sequel came out, mm. and then that was the biggest thing everybody talked about until I, what Men in Black came out later that year. I definitely mm. saw the Jurassic Park sequel in the theater that that year, so definitely not this. I don't remember this coming out i just like like in theaters i do remember it being on hbo every single day though but i don't remember the build-up like like with men in black and jurassic park and all the uh, titanic even like all those movies that came out that year yeah those i remember all of that yeah Yeah. i don't remember any marketing for this yeah i don't really remember much either Uh, i don't think they were expecting it to do that well though from my memory i mean I was a little kid, uh, you know, a uh, teenager, so I can't really 100% recall everything. But, you know, I, I remember when it opened at number one, that was kind of a, a surprise. Wait, it opened at number one? It did? Yeah, it's first weekend. Yeah. I mean, even now, I think that's kind of a surprise. <laughs> when did it come out? Was it like May, June? I think it was beginning May. It was it was like three or four weeks before uh, Jurassic Park. That was Memorial Day. Oh, the Titanic okay. was like late in the year? Yeah, the, uh, Titanic was Christmas. Okay. So it actually took over in 2008. I'm mean, sorry. Fuck me. <laughs> 98. I mean, it was also still pretty big in 2008. Just not in the theater. Yeah, on that re-release. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. May 9th, 1997. All right, there you go. 
I think my biggest problem, though, with the film... Lay it on us, Brian. I fucking hate this score. I fucking hate the music in this mm. movie so goddamn much. It like, just, just like that trailer, it just it doesn't fit. There's a lot it that just really... Has, like, it, it puts a weird yeah. vibe. Weird vibes. I kind of thought that was not on purpose, though. I didn't hate it because I thought it was on purpose. I thought it was shitty on purpose. They're like, you know what we want to do? It's a weird It's It's no. an European thing, man. Yeah, I... Um, it didn't no, bother it's me. Not. I don't know. You know... I really hate this composer. This composer really uh, ruined one of my... I love the movie Goldeneye, but I, it's one of the shittiest Bond scores. Oh, that is accurate. Of all yeah. time. It is just fucking Did he also terrible. do the game? Because it's terrible as well. Yeah, they, they use the yeah. same music from the yeah. music. It gets turned off I, real I remember liking that a lot, and then I watched a playthrough <laughs> of this most recent remake, and the music, I was like, oh, this is... This is terrible. <laughs> I can't believe I really like this, and this looks like ass. <laughs> now, I do like the divas, uh, like her little music opera number uh, that kind of turns all punk yeah. rock. I think that's, it's very yeah, 90s. Her I dancing's very odd, 90s. And, the, and then the, the cutting around to the like very slow action um, set, I, I, set up shots, you know, yeah. like com- comedy action, you know. It's don't very call it an action slapstick. scene because it's not. It's just a, a scene. <laughs> well, of I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to offend yeah. Brian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love I love most of that scene. And, and like the, the opera number Physical when she comedy. first starts is. is fantastic. <laughs> but when she starts, when she starts, her arms start going and then it cross cuts with Lilo also like her arms going like that little section. That's like 20 seconds of the song. That's just really awkward and weird. And I'm well, like, I-, I love the rest of it, but that part is just lame. Well, Mike, the uh, the uh, the actual diva uh, uses her vocal cords to like basically resonate the stones in her body, and then it shoots out of the the uh, out of the things coming out of her head. The and that's how she was powering. Oh, oh uh, she the was fight. She was assisting. Yeah, so she was like, Lilo. you know, using the power of the stones in her. <laughs> Like how with, are they going to get their this? powers combined? Yeah, Lilo becomes no, it's exactly. Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah. You know, also she's blue, just like Captain Planet. Um, kind of like sending. Yeah, the power. that doesn't make it better. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, the Captain Diva. Uh, you know, she's Captain oh, Ship. She, um, the Diva was the heart part of Captain Planet. The one thing I had a question about. No, that's Bruce was Willis. Love. If- if the diva wasn't going to get <laughs> shot, how would she have gotten the stones out of her? Like, was obviously it always- she was going to poop it out. Yeah, Duh. I was going to say that. Yeah, no, no, like, like, like she was like, she's like, clearly me. her colon. That yep. one guy yep. with the weird ball hanging from his head. His job was to give her the laxative. <laughs> was, he's following around. That, that's what actually was the case that, that Zorg opens is her laxative case. It's, it's just <laughs> an array of laxative pills, and that's why he starts crying. He's like, "What am I going to do with this?" <laughs> you can count. <laughs> that is one of my favorite moments with him, though, when he when he opens the case with all the cross cutting and he laughs, and then it just descends into this weeping. It's agony. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird that I realized on this viewing that um, Corbin and like Zorg never meet. Not a single time. I kind of liked that. They don't need to meet. They don't, they don't have an interaction or anything. It's That's just. Total- I know the, the one interaction is that um, Zorg gets him fired, that he's responsible yep. for that. But it's so in, it's an indirect action. No, he gets his own self fired because he he fucking destroyed the car. Nope. There's this nope. scene where Zorg says, no, "I know fire he's saying, the taxi ha- ha- driver." Ha- no, no, no. The other guy says he said he says fire half a million. He says fire a million. He, he said we only need to fire half a million. He's like he's like we we can do something like you know just fire the taxi cab drivers. And Zorg turns around, looks at him, basically like motherfucker. I said a million, and he's like, "You're right." <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, and then he gets yeah, so he loses his job. That's like their closest interaction, hmm. which I appreciated that also because even though they've never met, and they don't necessarily know that they're fighting each other. You know, they do and uh, affect each other's lives. Well, I mean, okay, so that, I I think that's some of the problem with the screenplay. Our most of our bad guys don't share any screen time with anybody, and they are they're just. They're kind of incompetent fuck-ups. Worked for Rathacon. Have you met, though, <laughs> some people in power? Because good or bad, like, they kind of are. That's exactly kind of how they are. I don't know how they got the job. I'm, well, they, it's just they not... They fell upwards. It's not yeah, interesting, exactly. like, story-wise, and it doesn't give our hair, uh, characters, like, really anything to overcome. Like, I mean, outside of the ugly dog face aliens, <laughs> really, there's not, there's not a lot of problems for Bruce Willis. Uh, Leland would not let problems. him kiss her, so that's a pretty, that's a that's a significant thing to overcome. I mean, there you go. It's just how the whole story is structured, <laughs> like how like like Bruce Willis, like he meets Lilu, she falls into the cab, like that's when he should have been involved with that story. Like he doesn't also need he doesn't need to be rejected from the story, and then now the military is going to be involved and and throw it. It's just so convoluted when it's I like. Do think- I don't know. I, I agree that the story could be simplified in the sense that the, the a lot of the guys like I, I would I'm gonna disagree with you slightly here. Like for example, Corbin is working with um, the military and with the priest, and if they would just communicate like slightly better, we could just merge all of that, and we don't need all. Well, that's three. what I'm saying. It's well, convoluted. Initially, he was working with he, like the priest, like was trying to do his own thing, and, and right, you know, sabotage and all that. But, it, it, they they only come together once they realize they have common goal. Well, no, 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 no. no, no. no. So they didn't, everything though. converges in his apartment. Where the military comes, and the military says, "Hey, I rigged this contest, so you're going to win this contest, and you're going to go on this secret mission to save the diva." And then the priest well, shows up. Because he knocks him out, and the priest knocks him out, and then try- and runs off with the tickets, and, yeah, he, and I, he doesn't realize it later. Until but that's he's what I'm saying. On. If they would learn to communicate, we would not. We could like simplify the story a bit. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad writing. No, I think they did it on Guys, purpose. Guys, we have to fill two really hours. Know. What are we talking about? Yeah. yeah, they totally didn't though. This could have been an hour forty-five, same, and it would have moved so same, much faster. It's the same on the with the bad guys. Um, you have Zorg and the weird alien guys, kind of on the same goal, and because they were on the same team until they, all of a sudden they weren't, but they're doing the exact same thing. And so, yes, we could combine that too. We could communicate and combine that too, and it just makes it a little. I I do think that makes it hard to follow the story, hard to follow because you have so hmm. many people doing the same thing. And after the same goal and fighting on the same side, that you, yeah, I think that is the biggest downfall of the movie. But I like all the cross cutting, telling the same story. I do like, like that. that. Like, yeah. they, like it's the same conversation happening, but it's cross cutting. Yeah. So it, yeah, you, you, you get is, everybody's motivation. They all have the same motivation. Right. I mean, that is one of the shining parts of this movie is those couple cross cutting scenes where they're answering questions and, and finishing punchlines and stuff like that. That's where it well, really shines. Or like he's like, "What do you mean stolen?" And she just cuts to her, and she just laughs. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, no, I think that that's really the shining point of the movie, and that's really why I don't care that the storylines are a little bit sloppy because when it comes together like that, it it's just it's beautiful. Well, that's that. I think that's what's surprising about the sloppiness of the rest of the story is that those cross cutting scenes were so very clearly written well to that. be that way. That how do you also have so much convoluted mess that, like we're saying, multiple characters are going for the same thing, but they're sort of all on the same side. So why the fuck can't they just figure it out? 
I agree. And honestly, I think this is sort of like the Baz Luhrmann thing where the only thing that's really, in my opinion, saves this movie is the fact that they have really cool costumes and really cool characters and really cool production sets. And, you know, all of a sudden, I guess I just don't care. Like, I don't really understand what's happening right here. Because this looks really neat. I'm going to follow this story for, for a minute. And here's Chris Tucker. And I don't actually care about what anybody else is doing right now because he's on screen. <laughs> um yeah, but I think actually Luc Besson does it a lot better than Baz Luhrmann, though. I care more about his stuff. I think he's a better director. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Wait, who's a better director? Besson. Okay. Wait, Luc Besson is a better director? I'm going to compare this movie to Romeo and Juliet, and yes, I think Luc Besson is better directing this movie than Baz Luhrmann was directing Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Thanks, Mike. Did you just not like the uh, the language? I wasn't on that podcast, so I don't know. Uh, did you just not like the language of the uh, Shakespearean stuff? Well, obviously Which... I did not, but that's not the complaint here. That's nothing to do with the language. <laughs> well, this this guy actually wrote this as like a writer-director of this story, so maybe he has a better capture of what he was trying to do. Oh, but... I will say, yeah, because I, so I thought that was super interesting, and I've always been impressed by that ever since I first saw this movie, is that he wrote this when he was 15, and he, so he has, like, a really great grasp of the characters, and he has a great grasp of the story, and he kind of has this all played out in his head, and I remember... What? Why are we <laughs> impressed by some rote tropey bullshit, guys? What are we talking about? What the fuck happened? No, this this oh. movie feels like it was written by a fifteen year old. It's, yeah, but that's but okay. It's no, still, there's it's nothing fun. wrong with that. It's fun, and that's what that's I was gonna an, say. Was, that's not impressive or shocking, though. That's like no fucking shit. I mean, like, no, hold on, because I've read some stuff written by fifteen year olds, and. Um, <laughs> Like those first three Conor O'Bear albums, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty similar to this, Kristen. I, I guarantee no. you. <laughs> the only difference here is now that like it's been refined by somebody else that like you know is older, and it's like that's what well, I'm saying. We need, he's had we the need chance Bruce to refine Willis it as he's speak going this, along. And we can't give no, it he said he wrote it. Like, well, I mean, like, like when they started redoing the script, he was thinking of Bruce Willis off the bat. Like when they actually started trying to put a voice to it. And unlike uh, Baz Luhrmann, he can cast really great people. Like there's no one that uh, maybe one actor in this that I felt like maybe could have been recast. Everyone Who's else. That? Oh, I didn't really like the president. I forget. Uh, what? No. He has a couple of good lines, but the rest yeah. of it, I was like, Ugh. I I have to agree. The the first really? time, like when I I in my head remembering this, like he was better. Rewatching it twice this last week, I was like, "No, he is a weak link." Yeah. Like every time we cut back to him, all the all the people around him talking to him are interesting, but he just he spends most of the time like cartoony, like squinting when there's a an explosion that's going to happen. Like he yeah, can pull up some of it, but some he's of it. the only good, one. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying he's like you know it's terrible actor, or whatever. Um, but uh, he's the only one. I feel like everyone really commits to their bit, and he's the only one. He's who... playing the straight man. He's very straight, and everybody else is a fucking big character. Well, un un until the fucking planet is going to crash into Earth, and then like three minutes later, he's still squinting his eyes, like waiting for the explosion, while all the people around him are like I celebrating. Think he has he's kind of he has kind of weird eyes. <laughs> well, he does have like a lazy eye. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, maybe that's what you're seeing. That would have actually been way more interesting if they had let that play out, like as he's sitting there <laughs> trying to, like, you know, his lazy eyes going. You know, all of the characters in this are so bizarre. <laughs> and he's just kind of boring. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, in a movie that is that is incredibly interesting to look at everything, he is very boring. Yeah. Everyone is everyone is interesting, even when it's just the guy clearing the the tarmac for the plane to take off. He's still an interesting character. He still has an interesting costume. He's still doing interesting things. The attention to detail in this is, I think, incredible. Kristen, have you ever seen Star Wars? <laughs> Come on, no, no, just answer the question. Answer the Which question. One? Which one? Which Any one? Which Star one? Wars? Any of the yes, original I've Star seen... Wars? Any of the Star Wars? Yes, I have seen an original Star Wars. Okay, like what? What are we talking about? What do you mean? No, like, I thought a, it was a, so this boring. Is int- I hated oh, Star Wars. On. <laughs> this is it's like... just like not interesting. They're just like it's like a bad PowerPoint presentation with like boring people it's like the and like same shit. It's like, Luke Basson watched Star Wars and Blade Runner, and then he was like, "Let me fuck them together and I'm make okay a with movie." That. I'm okay with that. I'm okay this with great. that too. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's not like overpraise. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna overpraise this. I think there are some drawbacks here. I also think this movie is like solely responsible for ancient aliens and they have to answer for that. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> someone someone needs to be held accountable for all of that. And I think this this uh, maybe is what... it was the other way around. <laughs> Thank you, Sci-Fi Channel. There's so much hate I feel from you. Uh but this this is this is in our opening theme and it has been for fucking 20 years now. He didn't pick that apparently. Uh, obviously you didn't build that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's just uh, it's it's a movie. Brian, what's going on? It's a movie on. that I I watch, and sometimes sometimes I will watch it and be like, oh yeah, this is this is fun. This is you know this has got some creative ideas here. I really like this. And then other times I watch it and I'm like, I don't know. This is just a really stupid fucking movie. And some some moments work, and then some moments don't work. And I don't feel everybody's chemistry. I think, like, Gary Oldman, I, every time he's on screen, I think he's terrible. I think he's trash. I think his heart's not in it. Uh, he doesn't. Well, that's that's obvious he, that his heart's not in he, it. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's having any fun at all. Like, he's even blinking during the explosion. Like, uh, come on. I mean, it's just like all of it. Like, just, and everybody praises that, and they, they talk about how much they like it. And I guess, like, other people's super enjoyment and putting this movie into this higher echelon of something that it's not kind of also makes me like retroactively kind of dislike it a little bit too. Cause it's like, come on, it's a Bruce Willis fucking action movie. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's got some pretty fucking shit in it, but it's a Bruce Willis action movie. And this isn't even as good as Die Hard. And I know everybody talks about that, but like, I don't know. I just feel like we're just like, people have put this a little too high on a pedestal that it does not really deserve to be on. I will say that it did not hold up to my, childhood memories of it but i still did enjoy it a lot that's what i'm saying it i bounce back and forth too i mean like yeah it's it's a hard one it's not like watching jingle all the way or anything (laughs) you compare this to die hard and they actually dressed bruce willis up like john mcclain Oh, uh, with the wife but, beater, but space, but space McLean with the bad space really McLean. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the orange with his blonde hair and like that kind of like super it's- tight like rubber Outfit. It's very very nineties. John, he, yeah, he he is the most nineties of all the characters. He looks so good with that blonde hair. He's such a badass. Yes, yeah, I liked Willis. him, and I actually really liked him in that orange, yeah. the backwards shirt vest thing that he was wearing. He's no, a no, fucking it's, it's great shape, man. When he walks into his into his little like tiny ass apartment box cell thing, 
and like he's just wearing those black pants and that orange thing. Like he looks so thin and trim. Dude was forty two when he shot this. Yeah, it's amazing. Or forty one. Gives me hope. Um, <laughs> but like in in his fucking uh, in his apartment. And even around the the place, if you look, there's always those little yellow circles. The the police yeah. are fucked a, up. Like a in lot your house, of fucking, it's a police statement. Okay, like, so I in thought, the house all the time, you've got these fucking yellow circles ready. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that was so funny. In the scene where like the guy, the British, the one British guy, like goes and he like is trying to get the plane ticket and he bangs on the thing and the thing, you know, the police yeah. kind of come what, down and surround him with about? guns. Oh, I am Colbin Dallas. I thought that was so funny when I was a kid, and now as an adult, I was oh. like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, dude's fucked up. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like oh, oh, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. Can somebody? explain the meat pot meat popsicle thing to me it's just a joke he's like saying no i'm not human i'm I'm not human i'm a a meat why do the cops just leave him alone why are they why is there no follow-up i think they find the tweaker right at the same time it's because they're looking for corbin dallas they they see they see the name tag lilu has taken the name tag off of his door and puts it on the door across the way and they read that they're like oh okay this is this is corbin dallas over here yeah this let him go it's so weird though it's like they don't have a response to it he's like i am a meat popsicle and the other guy says smoke you and they just bag him immediately. Well, no, they, they, they were like, Corbin Dallas, they, they, they called him out, and, he, and he's like, smoke you, bro. And they're like, oh, this has got to be him. I know, but, but at that time, Bruce Willis had already had his interaction, is what I'm saying. It's weird that they don't respond to it. It's, it's cut weird. It's, the whole scene's weird. You wanted the police to kill a bunch of people in their apartment. No, I wanted, I wanted him to say something like, if he was going to, I don't know, if, uh, I don't know, like, uh, uh, I'm resident of so-and-so. I don't know. Like, why, why, why have a joke there? And you're showing these you authoritative He's ex military. He is just very brave. So he doesn't give a Join fuck the military about any, if you want to be authority. cool like him. He knows how to deal with those people, bro. You know, yeah. you got you got to shrug them off, and you know, like like you're, okay, like nobody you're, else. You're, had a you're, 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 I got you. All right, All right. No. <laughs> Are we at ratings yet? <laughs> Oh no, Brian! No, no, we have at least another I, forty-five minutes. No, I found it really interesting that that the the plot of this movie seems to hinge on the fact that the airport security was total bullshit because this movie is so very clearly before nine eleven in America that four different people are coming up trying to say that they are one person and only one only the black guy gets the cops called on him. Come on. Well, he technically gets the cops called because well, the he other guy was, is violent. Got manhandled yeah, by Bruce one. Willis, you know. So, well, no, but like the uh, Bruce Willis has already gone through, and there was already a weird interaction there. And then the next people come up, she does the test on them, and they're fucking like the dog race people. And then now <laughs> there's a two, whole another motherfucker. Their whole vibe was pretty fantastic. I agree. And they did get a like a hit squad put out on them. That's true. They started running and then shooting, so it would make sense that they would now be concerned for future Corbin Dallas's. Yeah. That have not already checked in. What do you guys think about Zorg's uh, pet straight out of Flintstones? Yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, that was that so weird, like... but honestly, I loved it. I like his little so eyes. So weird. But all I could think about was the Flintstones when it opened up. <laughs> there was like a very brief shot in the trailer where it looks like he's got him on his shoulder or something. And no, he's looking a through a right window. After that. No, there's a point it's right after that movie. where like... It, where he's was petting it? him, he's, yeah. he's got him on his shoulder and he's petting him while the while the other guy's like talking to him, and he's he's like he's like and hey, don't come back without the stones. Oh my god! And then I don't and then that and, then, and then the fucking yeah. the things like it, it's like tentacle goes around his like, neck and it comes around it's this like way. What the fuck? I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And then his little I mouth it starts twice. opening up. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so gross. It's like uh, it's a weird awesome. like. 
manufactured cat, but they can't, I, like, apparently... They can build humans from, like, a hand, but they can't make a creature that looks normal. Well, no, it's... Well, they you know, can, it, but it, why it, would he want a normal creature? And There's nothing about him that's it, normal. It's space, bro. And, and actually, I think that thing looks pretty good. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. It's Earth. They yeah, were that's definitely in Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Not space. The end of the movie takes place in space. There's space shit going on, man. So he, obviously he has weird creatures is what I'm saying. But I think the reason that the film holds up at all, any but any bit, is because we have those live action creatures like that. And also the the, the miniatures, the bigatures, you know. That yeah. Built. Well, that's just because the few times when they tried to use computer generation to make visual effects, they looked like shit. Specifically, I'm thinking of the opening shots with the alien ship. Yeah, that's true. That did look really bad. Um, but I really loved all of, all of the practicals in this. And I know you guys are hating on like what do the dog people? What are you calling them? Whatever you're calling them. I thought they they did some. Okay, they're ugly. They're very ugly. But they did some close ups of them, uh, and especially like of their outfits and everything. And I was at one point was like, oh my god, that's all hand stitched. Like that is all. <laughs> I was actually like so impressed with how. They designed their outfits and their clothes and um, all of the practical stuff. I I was blown away by that. If you just look at it, like you zoom out and take the bigger view of it. Yeah, they're like real ugly and who cares? But um, from like a, a costuming point of view, it's actually it's I, I really appreciated all of that. Yeah, like the, the actual design of them as a creature is not interesting or cool. But like the way they executed it was all done extremely well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are hating on that thing pretty badly. I think it's okay, but the the big baddie just being a giant the like, fucking planet orb thing that yeah. okay, so so explain How do you design this no no evil. no. no. Well, explain this to me. <laughs> All right. So we got to get Lilu back to Earth and we got to put the stones around and we got to like put her in the middle and then Bruce Willis has got to be like I love you girl. And then she's got to realize that, that there's something worth saving, right? But they also say, if evil stands there. So was that big fucking planet thing? They say if evil stands there, all life will cease. Right. Yeah. So, But was evil inside that big planet thing? That's his ship? And he was going to like pop out of there and, and come and stand Who knows, there? man? Because they also say that like the only reason we're waiting 48 hours is because it needs to get adapted to our atmosphere. And it's a yeah, giant I, I planet. I caught that on the gonna... second. He said, yeah. he said living ca- environment. Like no, it's no, changed no, 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 in 5,000 years. What the he fuck? He says get adapted to our. He says get... living environment. Well, either way, that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Because, it's because... A, it looks like it's just a giant planet that's going to smash into us and I guess yeah. start a big bang train reaction that'll wipe out all life i don't know and why is zorg down for this dude coming to like destroy everything like it makes no he's sense gonna like, get, his, like, like a no island in like the phantom zone he's bro. gonna make money from it he says at the very beginning that the reason he supports destruction is because of all of the stuff you can get from it no like but if if, if everybody dies then it all goes away like like there's not gonna be the people to create the little robots to come clean up all the glass I don't think a lot of people, and so people think that can far feed their ahead, children and their children's children and their children's children now <laughs> to see that people don't always think that far ahead they just yeah. think about money short term also we we don't know what the contract was like he could have gotten like a like a little society of a thousand or five thousand together and some robots in a spaceship we don't know what that deal was Jared you know. Was it signed in black ooze? Probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe part of his deal was that he gets, you know, off the planet and gets somewhere else and better. And 
We don't know. That, that's all not the, explained. The, the ways that deranged people convince themselves that it's okay right. to join with evil for the sake of profit. Or shitty screenwriting, but yeah. yeah. Or, or deranged yeah. people. Or, or both. We can go with both. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, deranged people, shitty screenwriters, who knows? If it wasn't so so real life right now, then I would... He didn't have to... He felt it probably felt didn't feel like he had to explain it because he's like, oh, they'll know what I'm talking about. They can just look around them and see deranged people. Well, so they have to be because that at the end, when up the most. <laughs> no, when they're all standing around and they're like, tell her, Corbin, like they okay. all know. They all know that, that he loves Hold her on. and Here's that she loves him. I, I thought that he doesn't a little misunderstood because I don't I don't. I didn't get that it was like the simple like Corbin has to say he loves her for her life to matter. I, it's not exactly that. She's the fifth element. The fifth element is love, right? So she, when she, right before this scene happens, she goes and she sees like what war is and what humans have done. And love is supposed to conquer all, but for a second she's like, well, wait a minute. What the fuck is, what am I saying? They don't love each other. There's yeah. no love here. But she's Corbin been in war the whole say, time. Ever Corbin, since she's been alive. She has not acted. No, 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 no. No, she's the, catching up on the last 5,000 years of yes, human history. Thank you. Before that, the amount of war was like a few arrows and a tribe or two killing each other. Even and though so, she got moved off of Earth because of a war. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and that she she wakes up and she's in constant battle. Like you know, and she's a warrior. There's a difference. She knows between, how to fight. There's a difference between a battle for good and evil, which is kind of what she's been doing the whole movie, and a a, a what a what a losing battle. Kristen, if you think I'm that saying that she, the whole reason she was moved off the planet was because of fucking World War One. No, I know, yeah. Like, I'm not what with the you, Ryan. fuck? Like, of course she so, knows about war. Like, that whole scene is stupid. Okay, fine, but that still happened. And so, it it's, did, that's still yeah. how the movie goes. That's how the movie goes. So, <laughs> God damn it. the whole point, though, the whole point, I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Corbin has to say he loves her, and it's like a this toxic relation, whatever. I don't think it's like that. I think she has to realize that even though people are kind of fucked up and there is so much war and there is just like death and destruction, which is what she has just seen, just mm-hmm. seen like a mass amount of it. That's the scene yeah. right before that, that she has to be like, no, like there's still good here. We can still like, there's still something worth saving. I yes. think it has less to And do also with they Corbin. end up in a, uh, like some kind of cryo tube later fucking in a blue light. That's not all I'm saying. Well, it's uh-huh. the same tube that she was created in, bro. Yeah. So they're creating life within and the tube. that blue tube is also like a, a symbolic rep- representation of our opera singer who was also blue. And she was like, look, Corbin, you gotta, you gotta give Lilo your love, bro. Give her your love. You gotta make her understand love. Let me wipe my blood on your face. All right, of you course, that's that how girl. the audience is gonna take it because that's <laughs> what the characters are saying, and that's what you're showing us as a filmmaker. They said, "Give her your love," because I couldn't say, "Give her your penis." You gotta put your you gotta put your rock in her, bro. Put your love in her. There's, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. It is, again, how old Written was by he? a fifteen year old? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, how old I was get he? it. Yeah. He's like, look, look, I gotta update the Sleeping Beauty kiss. Fuck, oh, man, this was so fucking cool when no, I wrote this. No, like in later on, like <laughs> when he gets when Corbin gets by himself again, he's like, shouldn't have kissed her. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, rewrite. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Thank you, Mila. Yeah. <sighs> Not without my permission. That's what I thought it meant. <laughs> now, Ian Holm, brilliant in this movie. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, he's manic. He's thoughtful. He's like in, in the scene where the where the Flintstones creature comes out when 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 he gets his when the dude like starts choking on the cherry and he has his little moment there where you know he's he like oh, lets your him suffer for nothing. Yeah, 
all because of one little cherry. <laughs> Dude, I love the I love the wind up with the, with the wide angle and the hand comes up yeah. next to camera. I feel like this is another example of like dudes saving each other for like no reason and like causing mass chaos because they're like oh i'm a good guy i'm gonna save this evil person if like, he would just let him die just let him die just yeah let him die. or if if he had like run to the door and like pounded on him and be like someone help <laughs> i don't know if he, if he had let him die i don't think anything really would have changed much in the plot he didn't really do anything beyond that uh, beyond that point. Um, Zorg, yeah, he went to the the ship and he he's he the killed at least up. a dozen people. You know, he he's not the entire than reason that it blew up because Lilu like fought all the the dog people and they were the ones with the bomb but they that had would have to, probably gone up at the same time. Anyway. Yeah, okay, so he blew the ship up, but they had to have left that ship anyway because they only have like how many hours left until Earth's destroyed. So right, they got to go anyway. Like. Whatever. If you'd cut him out of the movie, it really wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, the actual plot progression, because like he delivered a ship that they could be on just with the you know the the group of them, but they could have jumped back on the shuttle again. Hmm. Are we at ratings yet? Gosh, <laughs> anybody got Brian anything else done to with say? This. All right, sounds like ratings. <gasps> Here we are, finally! Yay! Who's going first? The silence is deafening. Golden. It's All right. Golden. Um, I guess I'm going to go first. Uh, set the tone, Brian. Uh, you know, look, I'm going to I'm going to give it an eight point five. Um, oh, look at you. What? Look, I I, <laughs> I find it enjoyable sometimes. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> did, 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 wait, 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 wait. Did the scale change while I was away? <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you what you I've been only rate told from eight several to 10 times. From now on. Based on everything you've said this entire movie, Look, you I can't I can't <laughs> I can't hold other people's stupid appraisals against the film. All right. I understand what the film is. A lot of people are really stupid and they kind of almost make me hate the movie, but you know, oh, wow. I can't hate the film, but that's not the film's fault, all right? You got to separate yourself. Isn't it though? From your art. Uh, you know, uh, it's fine. Luke Besson's childish nature um, and constant pleasurism is a little annoying sometimes. But I think everybody here does a pretty good job. Gary Oldman's not my favorite. Some of the designs are not my favorite. I don't like the taxi cabs. I don't like any of the cars that are floating around. They all look too big. Yeah. They look like they look like bath toys. Big bottom, <laughs> you know, like just like those big bat. Like it's just like yeah, it's, it's. Oh, I had one of those as a bat toy. I feel yeah. like they should bring them. They should make those. That would be kind of nice. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. There you go. Uh, hate the score. Uh, you got to take off half a point for that. Fucking Eric Sarah, please make albums, make your music, brother. Just stay the fuck away from fucking movies. God damn. Moving on. Who's next? I love this movie as a kid, and I'm not gonna let you. Or the internet, or anyone else tell me that this movie's bad. This movie's so green. You know what I mean? <laughs> How green? I mean, like, like, oh, like, 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 it's the best green thing that you could think of. You know? Money. My soul. Um, Your soul is green? Yeah, man, it's good. Green is good. In, in the parlance of this film, green is good. You don't remember that? It's so green. Go make it green as shit. Ah, uh, ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, man, um... The movie holds up, kinda. It's still it's still exciting. I love seeing Bruce Willis in his prime. 
he's so damn good in this. I, I like all his little smirks. It's kind of like he like he knows that that you know he's just having fun. Damn, I look good smiling. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does look good. And you can't tell me when he jumps off that balcony and fucking does the action like fucking do 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 firing. You know, so badass. So not him though. In, in that one kind of action scene, you know what I'm talking about, Brian? Damn straight, jumping off that balcony. <laughs> like a yeah, man, that's what that's what he got paid for. And then well, that's how he made his millions. No, he he took Waiting cover. Waiting for someone to throw him his balls. No, he took cover. And then we're gonna make <laughs> fun of funny, deaf dude. people. Hey, yeah. can you hear? <laughs> so fucking progressive. God, <laughs> we need to cancel Fifth Element. <sighs> no, we don't. Anyways, um, Fifth Element still holds up mostly. Uh, not as good as I remember, but you know what? Uh, there's a lot worse movies out there, and uh, Chris mm-hmm. Tucker fucking steals the show. Uh, I think Gary Oldman's a little better than what you say, but you know he also did say that he was making a making a paycheck. Oh, did he really yeah. say that? Yes, he really said that. Yeah, yes. apparently Luke Besson um, helped get financing for Gary Oldman's last movie, and so he was like, "Sure, I guess I'll be in your movie." Like script unread, sight unseen. Really, yep. I thought they had a good Just time because uh, they they worked together in the professional like a year or two before, right? Yes. Yeah, but, but he, he he didn't like he didn't really like this movie. He was just doing it because he specifically said in some interview at some point, according to IMDb's trivia, that he was like, "Sure, Luke, I'll help you out in this." Gary Oldman's like, "My career has progressed way past him. <laughs> I'm working with Christopher Nolan now." Anyways, uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. Uh, my my childhood wants to give it a ten, uh, but you know, realism sets in a little bit and uh it's still great it's still fun uh appreciate the request who's next i'll go next i think this movie is super fun i there are definitely some issues with the storyline there are some issues uh with just even following the storyline it can get really confusing but at the same time you don't really care because it's so fun uh, whether you're looking at, at the world that they've created or some of the ridiculous costumes, some of the the hair, the makeup, the, uh, like it's just visually, it just pops. And I know that gets some complaints, but I think it's just uh, even even the stuff that you don't necessarily want to see, it's still interesting to look at. It still evokes a reaction from you, which I absolutely love. This is another movie that I think would be considered, visually, would be considered art. And I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, the, the, the action scene, the one action, the scene with the action, <laughs> like a little bit of it, you know, um, at the end, I thought a little was, bit. this is a lot of it. And I think it's really great, only because it's narrated by Chris Tucker, and that's the only way I will watch my action movies going forward. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming down, it's coming down. But Bruce Willis shines as an action star. He shines as this romantic lead interest. Uh, but 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 I, I think everyone everyone is really really great. I, I love Lilu. I lo- the way she acts like she has everything is like completely brand new. It's her the wide eyed innocence there is just absolutely incredible. I think the way Luke Besson can put this together, I think, is absolutely amazing. And I'm, I understand there were some you know pervy behind the scenes stuff going on, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's Hollywood, so 
here we are. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's super fun. Oof, I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a nine also. Oh, all right. Two nines and eight five. What, what say you, Griggs? Man, this movie is a visual feast. Like the production design, the costume design, the characters are just so goddamn fun to watch. I fell in love with this movie when I saw it as a kid. And I haven't seen it in a really, really, really long time. I certainly never seen it in 4K. So it was really fun to watch it like updated on a big TV with surround sound. If you if you check your brain at the door and you just kind of enjoy the characterizations and you enjoy the the silliness a lot of times, um, I think this movie is outstanding. If you are trying to approach it for sci-fi philosophies and the ways that it's like doing... You know, the, the ways that we want fantasy and sci-fi to comment on society and, and the things that we go through and the things that we are experiencing in the real world. I don't think this movie is trying to say anything. Um, and that's not a knock against the movie. That's just an observation, uh, you know, 20-something years after it came out. I think this movie is cast perfectly, uh, despite some of the actors, Gary Oldman specifically, just not really giving as many fucks as they probably could because we've seen Gary Oldman give a lot of fucks and he does not in this movie. Um, that being said, I still enjoy his character a lot. I think it's really interesting to have uh, an action movie where where the antagonist and the protagonist don't interact like directly at all, whether that's good writing or bad writing or an interesting attempt to do something different. I... I'll let you guys determine that, but um, that is that is different than than what we're used to. This movie is only two hours and it feels long. I th I think there are some some repetitive, redundant things in this um, that could have been cleaned up in the script. Um, there's a lot of really well cut scenes, specifically the the cross cutting stuff that we already talked about. Um, that I, I really enjoyed those moments. I think that's that's the part. Those are the parts of the movies where. Those are the part of the movie where I love what's happening the most. I think there's some story structure things with this movie that could make it better. But overall, um, for something that is so ahead of its time and also so very much of its time, I think it holds up pretty well. Uh, I'm glad I watched it twice this week. I'm glad to have seen it again. I think it's a really fun movie. I'm going to get a 9.5. 9.5. All right. I do want to bring up a another... Uh, Bruce Willis film where the hero and villain don't meet, Die Hard 2. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Food for thought. Just going to say, throw that out there. Visually inventive and gleefully over the top, Luke Besson's The Fifth Element is a fantastic piece of pop sci-fi that never takes itself too seriously. Yeah, that's why I like it. Rotten Tomatoes brings us in at a 71% tomato meter with an audience score of 86%. Yeah. Yeah, people love this. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes brian does too yeah sometimes brian does too but not tonight <laughs> that's okay apparently these conversations are better when there's a contrary i just gave it an 8.5 what do you want from me we want your soul brian you have to cross over <laughs> you already have it i gave oh. it up oh my god oh no You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience find you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Griggs, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G R I G G S Y Media. 
And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and then I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, we're going to close out the show tonight with the shortest track from the soundtrack. Because who wants to yeah. listen <laughs> to too much? We're going to play track number four from the Fifth Element soundtrack titled Corbin Dallas. This is from composer Eric Sarah. We are sorry. How long is it? Yeah. It's a whopping one minute and 43 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Good, Good luck, everybody.